getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi. I'm getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi. Well, I'm lumped up, but I'm okay. It's gonna get lumped up anyway. You better call back the posse. Just getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi. Getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi. Welcome everybody to the latest Rocker Mike and Rob Presents episode. Today we have special guest, uh, Chris Santangelo. He is an actor. Uh, he teaches acting. He bartends. He's a dad. He plays guitar. He does all this stuff. You might have seen him in episodes of uh, Law and Order or One Life to Live. If you watch that stuff, I watch it sometimes. And most notably to me, The Sopranos. Okay, welcome Chris Santangelo. Thank you for having me, guys. Nice to be here. Yeah, cool, cool. So I'm going to just dump right in, jump, jump right in here and, and, and ask you, how did you get into acting? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I took an elective my senior year of college. I wasn't even into acting at all. I was a business major in college. And I took a senior year elective uh, acting 101. Uh, down at Lincoln Center, Fordham University, and uh, I got the bug. Man. <laughs> as soon as I stepped on stage, I was like, wow, I just spent four years in college <laughs> and a business major, and now here I am, going to go into a business that you can't make any money at. But, uh, right. Uh, well, you get that bug. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. He sounds, like, um, he sounds like the guy that did that commercial. Remember the Downey commercial? He said once he started acting, he never oh. turned back. Yeah, yeah. We, we've interviewed a few people that have said that kind of thing, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It just, and it, it, it just it, it plants a seed in your, in your gut and your soul, and you just, you just continue. You can't stop. How long ago was this, Chris? Uh, I graduated in 1991. Uh, I worked actually corporate for a little bit, and then um, I met a bunch of actors along the way, and just uh, they talked me into it, and I just jumped ship, quit my job. Uh, started studying and uh, and here I am over 25 30 years old. It's amazing. Like me, you're a Queens guy. Okay, uh, Woodside, born and bred. Am I correct? All right. Who's 52nd Street and Woodside? There you go. There you go. I know it well. I know it well. They call us POWs. Prisoners of Woodside. Prisoners of Woodside. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> nice Irish neighborhood. Okay. Yeah, I'm Italian. Go figure. Yeah, well, there's Italians in there, too. I've met quite a few. There's a few. You know where there's a lot of Italian people on the, on the other side of Queens Boulevard? On, uh, oh, uh, oh, the south side of Queens Boulevard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looks like you go up towards Maspeth. And right, when you get on that line of Maspeth and, and, and uh, Woodside, that's where you're going to, you know, you see a lot of them. Absolutely, yeah. that's, the, that's the south side. We, you know, growing up, we, you know, we, we never went on that end. No, that was, for, no, you didn't cross Queens Boulevard. I hear you. You didn't even cross into Astoria. <laughs> no, no, you didn't go that way either. Sunnyside, for that matter, it was like five blocks away. Like, no, we're not going to Sunnyside. Wow, wow. See, so Saint Sebastian alumni or what? I am a PS11. Oh, okay, okay. PS11, and then junior high school, 125, and then I jumped into uh, Jesuit High School over at 45. Gotcha, 
Gotcha. Yeah, I was hanging out in that neighborhood a lot in the early 90s. Um, now, you know, you're a New York guy, and I think that probably most of your roles are based on that kind of character, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I often wonder where it comes from. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking the other day uh, about uh, – I was on the phone talking with someone. It wasn't Rob. I was talking with somebody else about how, you know, recently we lost Paul Servino. We lost uh, Anthony Sirico. Uh, who else was there? Ray Liotta. James Kahn. Ray Liotta. Who was a Sunnyside okay. guy. Right, Sunnyside guy. Kahn was a Sunnyside guy. And, and how they were just such great New York actors. They had to, they, they just were themselves in some ways in what they were doing. They didn't have to stretch far from what they were, just had to learn their lines, I guess. But, but you know, uh, there's really nobody around that, that replaces that type of character. Except, I mean, I'm thinking of you, okay? I'm thinking of you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, I, I, um, I look at my work and I, even my upbringing, I, I borderline on the old school actor and the new school actor. You know, I was born yeah. in, in 69, so I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm right in the middle there. And I bring a lot of my old school traits. You know, my family grew up on the Lower West Side of, uh, of Manhattan. So okay. old Italian neighborhood. Yeah. And so I grew up with that. And then, you know, we moved into the 90s and the 2000s where kind of the world changes and now it's all new school. Well, that's how yeah. it goes. Uh, so I try to, thank you, I try to carry my work uh, from old school and really uh, bring that to life. Have you thought about getting more roles like uh, mafia type stuff or, you know, mobster type stuff? I try. You know what's funny? I I, I don't know if I really play the Italian on, in, in a lot of my roles. Um, I'm always the low-life criminal, uh, the junkie, uh, yeah. the, the, you know, the ex-con, like things like that. And I do bring some Italian to it. Uh, even on a soprano, on a soprano, uh, yeah. Even Italian. Well, I could well, be. You could have been. You don't know. Oh, really? Okay. But the, but you know what's so great about let's let's talk about that episode. Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way before we talk about other things. Um. You know, this was a, a pivotal, pivotal episode. Really was. This was the long-term parking episode in season five. Episode 12. It aired on May 23rd, 2004. And just a little backstory is, if you remember The Sopranos, towards the end, Adriana, who was engaged to Christopher Moltisano, was going to possibly flip to the FBI. She was speaking with them for months because she was kind of backed up against the wall with some things that had happened in a club and other stuff. They were all looking to get Christopher. The FBI was. And really, by doing that, they tried to get through Adriana first and get to him. And she confesses to him in this episode that she's been talking to the FBI, and he loses it, strangles her, and then backs off. And they talk, and he says, I'm going out for cigarettes. And that's where you come in, okay? <laughs> you, you, you are... A guy, he goes to get cigarettes in a convenience store. He's in his car. He sees you and your wife and, I believe, kids come out, and you had a mullet haircut, okay, and you look kind of white trash. 
And it's very pivotal because he looks at the family, you and the family, and he's like, I don't want to be like this because he knows that he's going to have a life on the run. And because they were either going to take off or go into witness protection, which would have been, you know, a life of hell too. Okay. And he's, what does he do? He, he rats out Adriana to Tony and then Tony sends Silvio and Silvio. <laughs> I mean, what the, you know, I remember first seeing that episode and I was like, they don't let you know that Christopher said anything. So you're like, is this real or is this being a setup? Well, you yeah. know, it's funny. They, they, I think in the next season, they go back to a scene where he does let her know. Um, so it's really interesting. And they, they, they left that out in that episode. Yeah. So it's a great story. But I didn't even know. I, I worked on the show and I had no, it was so top secret of what was going to happen. You know, I showed up to set and uh, Tim Van Patten says hello. And I go, what do you need, Tim? And he goes, just look miserable. You did. <laughs> you, look, you look pretty miserable coming out of the store. <laughs> I'm an unemployed actor in New York City, of course. Uh, you know, and that's that's all I knew. Uh, they were, I, I couldn't even talk to anybody in the cast. Yeah. Yeah, that, that episode is a standout because of the surprise, what happens to Adriana. Mm-hmm. But they there's other things going on in that episode, too, like between... Uh, Tony and and uh, and uh, Johnny Sachs, who wants to whack Tony's cousin, played by Steve Buscemi. Uh-huh. There's that whole thing going on, and he won't give him up. Okay, and then shit goes down with that too. Eventually, and I think in the next episode, he's he's taken care of. Yeah, and the Adriana. I mean, that's just. Uh, I don't think anybody. Nobody that. saw that coming because she was such a pivotal part of the show. You wouldn't think that they would kill her like that, but they, hey. She was the most beloved, one of the most beloved characters on the show. Definitely. I recently sent her uh, an apology letter. <laughs> really? Why is that? For getting her whacked. <laughs> <laughs> Did she respond? She, uh, she liked another thing. She said, thank you. Um, I think it was on Instagram because she was doing a podcast recently. And um, I, uh, I said, you know, it's a great opportunity because I had just gone to Sopranos Con in uh, Atlantic City. Right. Um, and she wasn't there, but uh, I said, you know what? Let me reach out to her and apologize uh, because, you know, all the stuff is coming up about that scene. Um, so I thought it was uh, the right time to do that. She, she got yeah, yeah. That's cool. Now you were known as Mullet Man, just for people who don't realize Mullet Man. At the, at the, at the Soprano Cons, they call you that? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, well, to to, to let <laughs> When people recognize me, they go, "Yeah, oh, mullet man," and that it's going to be on my tombstone when I die. You know, <laughs> even right after it happened, like I'd be walking down the street in my neighborhood, and people, "Yo, mullet man, you suck!" You know, you <laughs> killed. I'm like, thanks, bro. Yeah, I was just coming out of a store. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I had nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, and I still get that. You know, having many years later, um, still get people like, "Oh my God, you were the guy with the mullet." So I'm trying to bring it back in, uh, you know. <laughs> well, you had, didn't you? Didn't you? You told me you had longer hair and you had to cut it for that part, right? I did. When I, I, um, this was back in, I want to say back in the day, um, when we had a pound of pavement. And, I mean, it's not so long ago, but it was really right before acting, you know, came online. And like, yeah. It was too, too many, you know, I was old school. I said, 
Uh, I used to pound the pavement. I used to drop headshots off like crazy all over the place. You know, I was hustling. And, right. Uh, and I wound up going into uh, a casting officer office, and uh, I dropped my photo on the table, and I just walked out quick and went by the elevator, and uh, the casting director racing out after me. She's like, would you cut your hair into a moment to be on the Sopranos? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. In a second. <laughs> I'm not even a second thought about that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they so they cut it, and then they wouldn't let me leave the set with the mullet. <laughs> Why? After we filmed, I don't know. I, I said, all right, I'm done. And I was going to leave it, you know, like, like, why not? You know, um, and they made me cut the mullet off. When I left the set. Wow. So wow. Saying, I don't know why. I don't know if they just didn't want anybody to know what was going on or, you know, they didn't want to make, let me look ridiculous. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember back then. I mean, I think there was still, even though there was a sixth season coming up, I think there was talk of the show ending. You know, they, they were kind of wrapping up, you know, tying up strings to try to bring the story to a close. Yeah. So maybe they were concerned about any kind of leaking of the, of the stories or anything like that. Did you get Did you get to, you know, be friends with anyone? Like, did you get to speak to like Anthony Sirico or, or Tony? Or you know, um. I did. I did not see anybody on set. Um, it was just your scene. It was just my scene, and it was with Michael Imperioli, who I yeah. didn't even meet on set. Crazy enough, um, I met him years later, briefly at a restaurant in the city with um, um, uh, Bacala, uh, yeah, Chirippa, Stephen Sharippa. Right. Uh, and they're like, "You're the guy with the mullet! Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, I was like, "Well, the way they filmed that scene, if I remember, is he never even got out of the car. He looked at he looked at you he from the car." He was pumping gas. Pumping gas. That's it. Right, right. Interesting, because in Jersey, I don't think you can pump your own gas. It's right, you can't. There's no self-serve in Jersey. Good point. Yeah. Um, but he was leaning against the car, whatever he was doing, and then he sees me and that whole thing. And there was no lines in that either. It was uh, unspoken, uh, yeah. which is, I think makes it even that much uh, more powerful scene. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, oddly enough, could I say this, that I, I'm not credited. Really? You're not credited on the show? Not at the end of the episode. Um, I was just starting to get into film and TV at that time. Totally yeah. didn't know much. Uh, and again, she said, you cut your hair into a mullet, be on Sopranos. Like, absolutely. I didn't care how much I was getting paid. I didn't care what it was. Um, I just wanted to do it. Uh, but it was considered a featured background. It was considered what? Featured background. Background. There were no, there were no lines, so I didn't say anything. So they can, you know, say that SAG says that you know you, you weren't a principal character. So you don't get a credit. I don't get a credit, but I finally got it on my IMDb page. Yeah, good. as uncredited. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going to make sure, you know, before this is all over, that uh, at least on my IMDb page that it says the man with the mullet. How many Soprano cons have you done? Uh, I only went to this one recently. Okay. Um, and uh, where, where was it? Atlantic City. Uh, ah. I love I love Atlantic City. Yeah. I, I, was, think, I think next time there's another one. If you want to go, we should all go, man. I'll, I'll we'll film it for you or something. I'll, you know. That would be awesome. And what's funny, I, again, I wasn't. I was on the list, but I wasn't like really invited, like to have my yeah. own table. Right. Like, right. A small part, whatever. And I was in touch with them, and you know, got to know them. 
Uh, I mean, uh, what's his name was there? Ray Liotta, not Ray Liotta. Um, uh, Paul Sorvino was there. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the guys, and they matched it with uh, Movie Mob Con. Okay. Uh, um, so a lot of characters were there, but <laughs> I made up little cards with my picture from set with my mullet and the outfit. My <laughs> son walked around with a bottle of Mountain Dew and. Yeah, 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 Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, and I was we were dropping pictures around the place, you know. And then somebody finally somebody said to me, "Were you on the show?" And I was like, "Yeah." So he started signing autographs and taking pictures, and That's cool. I created my own little uh, my own little buzz there. No, I, listen, I go to I go to uh, like chill theater conventions once in a while, okay. We're all like horror and sci-fi people and all like that. And the the the, the lowest of the low, you know, people that like we're in a scene for a second get a table, okay? So and people know who they are. That's the crazy thing. Right. Once people- we started to, you know, and I, it was funny. I, people were taking pictures in front of Christopher, like they had murals, they had paintings and stuff. Yeah. And I'd say, you want me to take a picture for you? And that's how I would kind of find my way in there. And they're like, oh, you're a fan. I was like, well. You know, I was on the show, and that's how it all started. Um, what are some What are some roles that you had that were more speaking roles, like a little bit more involved? Uh, certainly, a uh, person of interest. I did a character called Jumpy Jerry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, another upstanding citizen of uh, of this great city. Um, that was that was awesome. Uh, that was so much fun. I had a, a few days with uh, Michael Emerson. Amy Acker on uh, on the show, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I did the Sherry show. Sherry Shepherd had a sitcom, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it was filmed before a live audience, so it was like a great combination of film and theater. Uh, so it was awesome, and I play a ticket scalper, but it was like it was just the character came to life, and they're like, you know, you should be a character on the show. Now you you have a, a theater background too, right? I trained in the theater starting at about 1992. Um, you know, I made it a commitment to, to really learn the craft and uh, really studied hard and worked in a lot of uh, black box theaters in New York City. Some nice ones, some absolutely horrible. <laughs> uh, some great shows and some bad shows, and, you know, but that's how you learn. You know, you learn as much from doing really great theater um, as you do from doing really bad one of one of my favorite like all-time uh off-broadway shows that i ever saw was hedwig and the angry inch okay do you know what that was about do you ever see do you ever hear, hear of it i've heard of it have not seen it though it's <laughs> it's not they made a movie of it too it's it's a musical okay but it takes place it it deals with a lot of like the early 70s glam rock movement and it's a it's a one it's basically like a one man play one act play and it's about a guy that got to get a sex change and they fucked it up they botched it and all he's got is one inch (laughs) (laughs) okay so i saw this uh in the 90s i can't remember when exactly it's 97 maybe 96 it was it was at a little little theater on the on the west side um Trying to remember. Oh, it was the uh, Cherry Lane. Cherry Lane. Cherry Lane. Exactly. And uh, I mean, they had like amazing costumes for this the guy who did it, and uh, 
he was just messing with people in the audience and then you know it was it was it was really enjoyable really enjoyable and I, I was in that theater again a few years back to see uh Colin Quinn's one man play uh, New York New York City story yeah I saw that yeah. on Netflix yeah, yeah, he made a, a Netflix show of it, but it was out for about a year. He was touring it before he made that. Hilarious stuff. I mean, he goes into, when he's talking about the mugging money, I was cracking up. Because that was me. That was me at, in, like, 1983, you know, like, making sure I had, it like, 10 bucks on me in case I got mugged. You know? <laughs> hey, what's the other one? It's rude when you walk into a, a pizzeria place to, to, to wait in line. You got to call your order out. That's yeah. Yeah, and when he's when he's talking about the subways, and he says, you know, you, you're getting off when they're coming in, and you look for that one weak person that you could just go in front of. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, growing up, he said talks about the uh, like directions. How do you get there? Well, you go down here three blocks, you yeah. get right at the Puerto Ricans building. Right. You know, it's the Puerto Ricans building because all the Puerto Ricans, Puerto Ricans are outside. That's why. <laughs> You know, that's old school New York. But that's what we grew up with, right? I mean, it, 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 people today, I'm, I'm going to just say it. I mean, they're just fucking offended by everything. So it's like, you know, oh, you said Puerto Rican. Yes, yeah, so what? Because I'm not saying anything bad. It's just that's who lives in that building. It's just a description. That's the way we used to describe, like, like oh, the Italians are there, the Irish are there. Yeah. The black building we had built because everybody lived like we had floors in my in my in my in the building I did we had floors and there was four five floors with just Indian people and you could yeah. smell the curry it was just that's the way it was and that's the way it was right you know and there's nothing wrong we talk about it you know that's what we grew up with we all lived together yeah. school together you know that's uh, you know that and that was growing up in the seventies and eighties in New York City. Yeah. I was born and raised in Hell's Kitchen, so uh, oh. I saw a very different New York. I would be, I would be like, like skipping school and going to Playland, getting my fake ID to try to go to one yeah. of the strip joints or something. That's what I was doing. Show world. You were hanging out with the Westies, Rob. Show <laughs> world. <laughs> I don't want to school the guys. I won't admit to that, but I do know a few of the guys. Ah, <laughs> the, 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 the cops that, uh, that arrested, what was it, Nicky Featherstone or one of yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. They all used to come into Dunham's years ago. Wow. Yeah. And, and with that, and with that, I want to take a short commercial break, and we're going to talk about the two of you bartending, you two crazy bartenders, you. Okay, <laughs> we'll be back in one minute. You're watching the Rocker Mike and Rob Presents show.
Welcome back to Rocker Mike and Rob Presents. We have guest Chris Santangelo today, who is an actor. He is a bartender. He plays guitar. He does all kinds of stuff. He's a dad. And he's been telling some great stories here about his acting. Um, Rob, you mentioned something about uh, the Mad Hatter. Yeah, that, he played the St. Theater. He played the Mad Hatter. What, what kind of... What was that like? That had to have been in mid 90s somewhere wow that first of all it was a great show because i'm still friends with a couple of people from that show wow. uh, we had such a blast uh but the saint mark's theater was an interesting place it was it's downstairs yep. Right? Yep. and it's dark and there's like very dark and you know, like I, I i didn't i didn't know where to go i didn't know what to do i just kind of stayed in the corner the whole time um and you know, again, I talk about learning from doing theater in New York. I mean, we would do Sunday, a Sunday matinee for one person. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got to go out there and you got to do it. Um, but, you know, you did because you loved it. Uh, and you worked in, in a, a, a black box theater like that because it was raw and it was pretty. And it was, uh, you know, you just learned. That's I guess they call paying paying your dues. Yeah, learning your trade, paying your dues, man. That's you gotta earn your bones. Paying your bones. Paid a lot of dues over the years, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. But that's you know you just continue to do it and you learn from it and you carry that with you, you know, for the rest of your career. Now another popular show you were on was Gotham. Yes, sir. Okay, what? Well, tell us about your your role in that. Um, I play. Um, a character who prepares Fish Mooney to get tortured by Bob the Torturer. Uh, yes. So I get to handcuff uh, and set up uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Which was interesting. And she was uh, so interesting to work with, totally like in the whole time. It, Will Smith didn't try to smack you, did he? He did not. No, this is okay. <laughs> Before, but if he saw what I had to do with her, do to her, he, he might have wanted to uh, be a little weapon. But, uh, but that, that was a great show to work on. You know, it just um, a lot of fun, dark characters, you know, that guy yeah. feel, you know, that, that's what I love. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that show a lot. Now, a lot of actors, uh, they, they, you know, in between their roles when they're not working, they bartend. Okay, it's very common in that industry. And uh, we got two bartenders on the show today. Rob, everybody knows, bartends at International uh, in the East Village. And, and you bartended Donovan's in Woodside. And uh, just a big shout out to that place. I mean, it's a, it's a Queens institution. Best hamburgers you can have in New York City as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, uh, nice people always in there. Uh, working, everybody's always nice. Now, I started hanging out there years and years ago, 30, 35 years ago. Uh, it was a different bar then, 35 years ago. It was, first of all, it only, it only took cash, okay? It only took cash for many years, and uh, it was smaller. Like, they had eventually taken over another space on the side there, right? And, uh, but the menus pretty much stayed the same. The food is, the food is good. I don't think you got Romanian steak on the menu anymore, though. They got rid of the Romanian steak, which was, you know, a fan favorite for many, yeah. many years. 
yes. Yep, I used to order it. I have, I think we have at the bar one of the original menus. It's like that big. You know, mm -hmm. shell steak was like 275 or something. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and just a little backstory here for the people, in case you're wondering. I'm, I'm, I walked into Donovan's a couple weeks ago, and this guy here is bartending. And I don't know, we just started talking and we, we clicked there. And, and it just was a great, it was a great moment. You know, I hadn't had fun like that in Donovan's in a while. And, but, you know, we were talking about the, the old days when you could sit at the bar and I used to do this during the week at work, sit at the bar and just, if, if you sat there at lunchtime, you can get like a pastrami sandwich for two fifty. Yep. $2, $2, two bucks, two bucks. Two bucks. Two bucks. I think it was a glass of beer included. Glass, in glass of beer and a sandwich. Yep. I mean, it was like amazing. No places like that anymore. No, and you know, you said uh, a Woodside institution. It's not, it, it it even goes beyond New York, and it goes like throughout, the, literally throughout the country and the world. I'll be honest with you. I go anywhere. Um, my bosses go anywhere uh, in 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 the world, and we wear a Donovan shirt, and people look at you and go, "Oh, great burgers." You know. <laughs> and, and another thing is they it's a stop off if you go into the Met game. Great place okay. to start. Right. Whenever, whenever there's a Met game at City Field and Shea Stadium years ago, it always was filled with fans, you know, before they go into the game, they're getting some dinner. Yeah, and now that the Mets are doing really well, it, you know, it's it's great for business. But, uh, yeah. you know, Danny and Jimmy, the owners, if I can say this, you know, it, it goes beyond the burgers as well. You yeah. know, that place is a community. That place is... It really, it really is. And everybody, it's just it's just kept nice. It's... it's uh, I never had a problem in there. I mean, it's you know, there's always somebody comes in, starts some shit in any bar, you know. But but it's it's a nice place to bring your kids to for for dinner and you know all that, you know. I've brought girls there on dates, okay, that kind of stuff. I hear stories like that all the time. People come back forty, you know. We we have forty years ago. I you know we had our first date. We sat at that table over there, and you know, so I hear tons of stories. Now, Rob, Rob, you're a you're a steak and meat connoisseur you ever been to donovan's you know what i've never been there I, you know what when i go to queens it's like probably to city field or arthur ash and um that's yeah. pretty much my, oh i go to long island a lot more because i've been to like mulcahy's I've yeah been to, uh, the national coliseum and stuff like that you know when i go to queens it's probably for a party or something we're gonna, we gonna make a field trip to donovan soon you gotta come down or maybe you even record from donovan's one day they probably would know us in one of those little one of those little alcove areas or something or you know, you know I, should do, I should go over there and do a do my dig in with a burger yeah he does a, a food critic thing you know where he, he reviews food on, on a short little podcast they would love that probably that would be awesome and i get well, a lot of people i get like, like like i think the biggest one i got like six thousand views on, on instagram and yeah I put links to the place. I put the menu on and everything, so when people go there, and then I also put on YouTube, and they do pretty good. People seem to like that stuff. And if we the burger's love, good, it's good. Uh, it's the best. Always oh, a top ten and a time out in New York. Yep. Um, and the place is great. You know, you're welcome to come down anytime, bro. You know, I go a lot to uh, Corner Bistro. Got a damn good burger too. Corner yes, Bistro, they So. I I gone there multiple times and you know what? So if they if they, they those those guys are also in top ten and you guys like definitely gotta go at Donovan. They got uh, they got burger. a great burger down there. Actually, a kid I went to high school with his him and his uh, wife and family they own Corner uh, Bistro. So we were down there recently and uh, Chris Campion plays music down there. 
outside and it's uh you know they, they got a great corner down there as well um, wow. so rival burgers rival burger wars hey let me <laughs> ask you a question what kind yeah. of music do you like what kind of music do you listen to um i i'm a blues guy um you know i listen to all classic rock i like really any genre uh but when it comes to uh to my main my main go-to or even when i play it's very blue-faced um and my son is trying to teach he's into incubus and food fighters and, and yeah chili peppers so he's trying to infuse some of that into my play. Um, but that's basically uh, where i started cool, I cool. do you ever come down to the city and this is um everyone like to cbgb's or Maxx, kansas city one of these crazy clubs that's hanging out one day crazy time in the city uh, years ago, like CB's yeah, years back ago, in the day, CB's. I used to go on Sunday afternoons for Punk Day. The hardcore matinees. Hardcore yeah. matinees. You know, not not a lot, but I was into you know the Clash, Sex Pistols, you know, and then yeah. big you know names, and then you go there and you see like Token Entry. I think you know. You yeah. Go. Token Entry played every week practically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I used to. I I started going there when I was about fourteen, and and it was all ages shows. And I'm the same age as you, so we're talking about '83. I got about that. And I used to help. I used to help Hilly put the tables out on the street. Okay, and you know, then everybody would just filter. You know, make their way in. There was one big pit where everybody went ape shit. Absolutely. Okay, and you'd see some great bands that you know went on to much bigger things. Yeah. Um, you know, very cool stuff. I miss those days. That was different New York. Different yeah, totally news. different. And actually, as a matter of fact, I was in there recently because it's now a John Barbados. No, Barbados, yeah, Barbados. However you, whatever pronounce it. Whatever, yeah, yeah. And, but I walked in, I was like, man, like you could still feel the, the spirit. Well, you never saw it so lit up. And clean. Are you walking in now? Clean. <laughs> like, you're like, wait a minute. If they, first of all, if they had done that back in the day, you'd actually see what was on the floor, and you just would leave. They, they kept oh, that yeah. dark on purpose. <laughs> uh, but they kept a lot of the stuff on the wall, the stickers. And yeah, stuff. you can't get them off. You can't. They're embedded. <laughs> So that was a, that was an interesting experience uh, last month going down there. That brought back a lot of memories. I, I I went in there once when it was John Vovedo's, like not too long after it opened, and yeah, I was like, wow, okay, cool. But mostly, I just felt sad. I was like, shit, you know, I was gone, you know. And you know what's so funny too is I I just retired from from Verizon. I was a field technician, and uh, I worked in that area for a long time. And there's, you know, there's famous pictures of back in the day, like, you know, the first, like, the first Ramones album, and then, like, the third one, Rocket to Russia, was, was the picture is from behind CBGB's in that alley, okay? Now, when you go by that alley, it's all fixed up, okay? Because there's a fancy building in the back, and they made, like, a, almost like a, almost like a courtyard kind of area, okay? But you could still see... The big metal door that the Ramones took a picture of in front of, and you know, as a phone guy, we used to have to go back there because of there was a couple like phone boxes that were for the area right there. So we would have to go back there, and I would always take a picture like, oh yeah, I'm like in the spot where the Ramones, you know, did this. But you can eat on the floor, okay? But if you saw pictures back then, it was just a vacant lot filled with 
rats and bottles and all kinds of shit. Was okay. That area as well. I mean, it was dirty down I mean, there. The only thing scary of being in CBGB's was, was being behind CBGB's. <laughs> now, when you took the picture, did you pose? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a few pictures back there. And how could you have retired? You're too young to retire. Well, that's a story in itself. I, I did almost 27 years, okay? And uh, because of our wonderful economy, had I stayed on another quarter, I would have lost about 80,000, 90,000 off my pension because the pensions are all taking hits now because of the economy and the, the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. So that's why I went, because had I stayed into July, I left at the end of June, had I stayed into July and going forward, I would have lost that money. And now, even since I put in my papers, they're raising the interest rate more. So who knows what I would have lost. Well, look, wow. at you get, look at what you get to do now. Well, yeah, I'm doing this. And, you know, I'm, I got some side work lined up. And uh, not too hard. I'm going to concentrate on these podcasts. We're, we're, we're doing very well. And, uh, you know, we try to get wonderful guests like you that are interesting and, and you know, keep it going, you know. But uh, let me ask you, getting back, uh, those guitars behind you, you got a favorite one? Uh, yeah. Which one? Oh, that's amusing. Tell, tell, tell the viewers what that is. I know what it is, but tell what it is. This is a Stratocaster. Yep. Uh, I bought it back in 1991. Uh, I was a big Eric, I was a Clapton fan at the time, so the Black Strat. Uh, I, uh, I saw it. Uh, Sam Ash, and I said, you know what? That, that's my, uh, that's a gift to myself. And, uh, cool. Every day. Love it. Very cool. Very cool. So what do you got going on coming up in the future? Any roles? Uh, well, I just did Blue Bloods um, oh, great a show. couple months ago. Um, again, another upstanding citizen, uh, <laughs> Roy Dupree. Uh, I got uh, uh, interrogated for murder. Yes. Oh. Uh, my mother calls me up afterwards and is like, Christopher, can't you play anybody normal? A good guy. A good guy. <laughs> <laughs> no fun. Um, so... Hopefully, we can get Roy Dupree back on Blue Bloods uh, as an informant. Uh, trying to work on that a little bit. I just, I wrote, um, I've been writing a one-man show for the stage. Uh, I wanted to get back and do something on the stage. Mm. Uh, I have a script that I've been, it's been kind of tailing me for, for a few years and uh, always in my bag. I'm working on it and uh, about my life um, and uh, growing up in New York and being an actor and uh, not how pulls you in different directions. Um, so hopefully that's my next project. Um, sure. That, that sounds very cool. I hope that works out. I yeah. want to tell you guys a funny story. So you know Anthony, Anthony Russo, the, the actor, Anthony? Yes. He, so when he was growing up, his father said, he should be a janitor. So he became an actor, and every role he gets, he plays a janitor. He's not a janitor. <laughs> Like he plays a janitor in that murder in the apartment. He played a janitor in um, New Amsterdam. He played uh -huh. a janitor. He would slay flowers in the Punisher. So he always get he always get these little roles. It's funny. <laughs> hey, whatever roles come your way, you know, it's like, it just you just do them. 
You know, yeah, that's what he does. Now. I mean, it's a criminals for whatever reason or janitors. It's like you just keep working and working and working. Uh, <laughs> you don't blame yourself. <laughs> yeah, like the new role he gets a young a young grandfather. What the hell is a young grandfather? <laughs> young grandfather. Young grandfather. All right. I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, got a little bit of grace going on here, but uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't moved into the uh, elder characters. Just good. good. <laughs> I'm a grandfather. Are you? Yep. How old? Yep. I like a step grandfather, but I'm a grandfather. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm 53. I'm almost 50. I'll be 53 how, next. How old is your grandkid? Uh, she's nine. Yeah. Well, they're great to have. My, my wife's daughter. Decided to have a baby, so here I, you know. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's cool. It's good being a grandpa. She doesn't call me grandpa though, because I'm like a step grandpa, so she just calls me Mike. But you know, it's all good. That's but she she tells everybody I'm a grandpa. You know. Look at the smile on his face. Yeah. Proud <laughs> grandpa smile. Rob, Rob's picked me up off the floor. He can't see me as a grandfather. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we drink too much to be the grandpa. We do too much to be grandfathers. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So let me ask you, Chris, where can people find you? Uh, give you social media handles or email or whatever you want to give. Um, I got uh, chrissantangelo.com. Um, that's my website. Uh, it's all my reels and uh, clips and photos and bios and all that stuff. Um, on Instagram, I am... I am Chris Santangelo. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I keep everybody up to date there on what I've been doing and what I plan on doing. Mm. So those are the two main social medias. That okay. I Facebook, I got a page on Facebook. Not really on Facebook that much, but if you need to get in contact with me, you just type in Chris Santangelo and, and, and I appear uh, magically. Uh, so those three ways are, you know, to keep up with me. How about Instagram? Do you do Instagram is pretty popular. Yeah, the Instagram is uh, I am Chris Santangelo. Okay, that's good to know because I'll probably put a link when I do the video for yeah. how people can reach you. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that'll be part of the, uh, you know, on top of the show, you know, yeah. clip. Yeah. So, all right, exactly. All right, Chris, I want to thank you for being on Chris Santangelo. And uh, you've been a fantastic guest. And I want you to keep in touch and we'll keep in touch and. You know, make that trip to Donovan's in the near future. Yeah, definitely want to do it. Let's dig in there, eat that delicious burger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. let's do. It. We'll make an event of it, Rob. How's that? All right, sounds Rob, good. Come down and we'll we'll make a big thing of it. All right. Sounds so, what good. do we say every episode, Rob? At the end, we don't get drunk. We, we get up. See you guys next week. Have a good one. Take care. I'm getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi. I'm getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi. Well, I'm lumped up, but I'm okay. It's gonna get lumped up anyway. You better call back the posse. Just getting lumped up with Rocker Mike and Rob Rossi.